All right, I think I think we're recording. Recording. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Horror Movie Yearbook. I am Tim. <laughs> I am Willie. We are recording remotely. If you we didn't are. notice, yes. Um, Tim, we're we're talking um, about aquatic horror, horror at sea, if you will, oh, today. Oh, yeah. And uh, you, the reason why we're recording remotely is because you have a trip coming up. Yes, I have had a cruise book since I believe before the pandemic. And what has happened here is it's it's gone so long now, and we weren't sure if we were going to be able to go on it. And of course, I, I right. Think it even, I can't remember if it got pushed back or what. So what's happened here is I have gone into full lockdown mode because mm-hmm. you have to get on this thing. You have to be vaccinated, and you have to take a negative COVID test before getting on the yes. so so me uh, i mean a very american thing for me to do is just full-on lockdown so i don't like i don't lose a bunch of money <laughs> because yeah. i've already oh, paid yeah. for this cruise i gotta get on it so i i can't leave the house right now because i do not want to <laughs> i don't want to catch anything and it's not me worried about my health it's just me worried about blowing money <laughs> <laughs> and my health of course and the people of around course. me no, but no, no. But no, um, so yeah, so hopefully I do not run to run into any um deep sea deep star six creatures out there. Yeah, we're just gonna call them deep deep star sixes. Um, does does it have a name? I'm gonna call it he a lot because that's what I default to gender wise when it comes to big monsters for whatever okay, reason. Sure. Um, but it could be a she too. Does it have a name? The creature? I don't believe so. Okay. Um, uh, you know, it's a giant crustacean. I'm trying to think of a good name for a giant crustacean. Um, let's Crash. call it, let's call it crusty. Crusty. Yeah. Crusty. I like that. So yeah. we're going to be talking crusty a little bit later. Yeah. Yes. I don't, we don't really have much feedback. If anybody wants to uh, send us feedback, feel free. We've been kind of busy recently with, uh, we've, we've dropped a couple of long podcasts that I think are both really good. Halloween kills. Yeah. Yeah. We did the Halloween kills episode, which I think went really well. Um, that's <laughs> out also up on YouTube in three parts. If you want to just break it into three parts, if you don't want to listen to us for an hour and a half straight, I uploaded it to our YouTube channel. And also we did a, uh, multimedia episode about battle Royale this past week. And I think that turned out really, really good as well. And I'm going to upload yeah. that to you. I'm also going to upload that to our horror movie yearbook, YouTube. So people can check it out there as well but yeah yeah that was a lot of fun man definitely worth checking out and if you're a horror fan i think uh certainly battle royale i think would qualify um it's definitely uh it's got enough horror elements to 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 pique your interest i think so definitely check that out please oh and yeah we do that we do the book and the movie there so if people right maybe maybe not familiar only familiar with the movie um it's a little um it's an older movie now, so like there might be a lot of our listeners who haven't seen it, but definitely check it out. Yeah, it's a 21-year-old movie, man. Kind of amazing. Right? Um, yeah, and, and uh, obviously if you guys have um, any sort of feedback for us uh, with this show or with uh, either with Multimedium either, um, you know, contact us. Um, shoot us an email, horrormovieyearbook at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at, at HMYearbook. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. You can find us, um, you know. There's any movies you want us to talk about or uh, uh, brackets. If you guys want us to bring back the brackets, I think we've been talking about that a little bit lately. Uh, yeah. Do another bracket here soon. For sure. I think, yeah, we had some, we had some, we've got some things cooking. I think. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. Send us your, uh, your uh, ideas, please. Oh, uh, the game nerds are, they're uh, playing Forza Horizon 5 and the oh. Dark 
pictures. They're also talking about the food dudes are back after what seemed like a hiatus for a week. They looked to deal with the sick child. Um, it looks like they sure. are back, and they're talking about Rice crispy Treat cereal. <laughs> so, Excellent. Are go. they um, – uh, did you say Dark Pictures? Did you, did you mention that? Uh, what is this called? Sorry, they're talking about the Dark Pictures? Uh, yeah, the Dark Pictures Anthology House of Ashes. I think. Oh, God. I want to play it so bad, Tim. What is this? Explain this to me. Dude, I – okay. Until Dawn, we've talked about this game. It's the mm-hmm. one where uh, Hayden Panettiere is like star, stars in it and Rami Malek. And, uh, Ooh, Rami like, Malek, star of uh, the new Bond movie. Indeed. Right, no indeed. Yeah, this is pre-stardom, uh, pre, pre uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, Rami Malek. Um, uh, it's like a choose-your-own-adventure video game, like a horror one. Okay. So like any decisions that you make can affect the fates of like the eight main characters. Um, so you could end the game with all eight of them dead or all eight of them alive or any combination in between. It's dude, this game rules. Like I love until dawn and the guys that made until dawn have made three games since called the dark pictures anthology. And each, each one is part of this, uh, this horror anthology, each story, each one is a different story. Um, and, uh, I've heard house of ash is, uh, really cool. So I really want to check it out. I think, yeah, I've heard good things about it. I think it maybe even in the, in the discord, I think maybe John was talking about, it. I can't remember now, but I think someone in the discord was talking about it and it sounded really cool. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, the fact that I haven't played them yet bums me out. I mean, they've been on my Amazon you know, wish list or whatever for like two well, years. <laughs> you and I have been talking because I, I just finished the new Zelda and I moved into Resident Evil, but this is, we are entering where we live in Michigan because I just stepped outside to take my dog uh, out yeah. tonight. <laughs> we're yeah. entering prime video game season because I am not going outside anytime soon. <laughs> oh yeah. I plan on tearing through a few this year. I, uh, you know, I think we're both um, catching up. I think both of us plan on playing Resident Evil Village this winter, I think. Village is definitely on my list. Yeah, I finally want to, you know, I, 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 that's another one I kind of feel bad I never played it. I just, I never, for whatever reason, it didn't, uh, I just wasn't in the mo- mood for it when it when it dropped. And uh, we're, we're getting old, Tim. You you texted me about this completely unrelated, but you said, dude, we're getting old. I said, yeah, no, I, and I was, I, when I thought about it, I'm like, God damn, he's right. You know, I mean, like, there, there was a time when, like, if a Resident Evil game came out, like, I, there was no question I would be there, like, at GameStop or Meyer or whatever I had to be at midnight yeah, to make sure that I would, like, I got it as soon as humanly possible. And uh, now I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't know. I'll wait a year or so and then I'll... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not that I don't care. It's just I don't, I don't have it in me to... I can't. I have other things that I have to care about more Different. than that. Does right. that make sense? No, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm kind of safe. I'm just like, yeah, I'll get to it if I'm still alive. <laughs> yeah, if I haven't died yet. <laughs> like, I've got to focus on survival as I get older is the first yeah. thing on my mind. And right. then after that, maybe Resident Evil Village 8 or Resident Evil 8. Um, we'll talk a little bit. I think we'll talk a little bit more Resident Evil in the coming weeks here on the podcast. Yeah, hopefully. yeah, yeah. We'll segue back into that towards the end of this episode. Yeah, maybe even. Oh, no, I won't have. But we are. Are you ready to just jump back to 1989, the time machine? Yeah, sure, man. I'm three years old. Let's go. All right. Uh, what's your three-year-old time machine noise? I'm five. <laughs> Those are my crab claws for the for Krusty. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. I didn't know what that is. I thought it was like a baby rattle, but then I'm like, you're three years old. Do you still have baby rattles at three years old? Probably not. <laughs> um, 
I don't know how to address my mom, I guess. Uh, no, I do a um, – my daughter often requests uh, that I chase her through the house as something, right? So tonight was a dog. So she'll come okay. up and she'll go, you, you chase as a dog? Okay, sure. So I, you know, I'll run around and like bark at her and stuff. And she thinks it's the funny. She cackles like maniacally and runs from me. But often it's, it's you chase as a crab. Okay, cool. I'll chase you like a crab. So I, I usually I get my hands in pincher formation and I – so I was just doing that. I even did the hand motions. You guys couldn't see it, but um, I went full crab on that one. You usually sometimes you don't want to go full crab, but I, I mean sometimes you got to. So I think when you're talking about Deep Star Six, you have no choice but to go full crab. <laughs> so we are back, January thirteenth, nineteen eighty nine. Guess what? That's Friday the thirteenth. Oh, that's very man. fitting for who directed this movie. There it you is. You want to do? I've got a couple here. You want to do movies or music first? Oh man, am I excited about this? Um, I let's start movies. Let's start movies. I'm not feeling musical yet. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. So let's start with number 10, Oliver and Company, the animated Walt Disney movie. Oh, what a cool movie. What an underrated Disney movie. Yeah, this came – this is a weird time for Disney. It is. If I recall, there's a name for it. I I think they call it like the dark period because this was around the time. What's the – what's the – like the magic one? The Black Cauldron came out and Black Cauldron is really weird. But this is pre – Little Mermaid when that like golden Mer- yes when Little Mermaid dropped it was like uh, everything in between I think it was God was it Cinderella or Sleeping Beauty that came that was first yeah which one I, whatever yeah I think Sleeping Beauty was the first there was a gap a major gap in between you know um, whatever the last major animated one was and then like everything up until that beginning of the 90s and, and Little Mermaid broke through and became yeah what I think a lot of us consider to be the, the renaissance of uh, traditionally hand-drawn animated Disney films, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it was – well, it was, God, it was hit after hit after that. Like it was Aladdin and, and Lion King and, and, Beauty and Hercules. Beauty and the Beast was around then. Yep. Beauty and the Beast and Little Mermaid. Yeah, I mean it's crazy. Anyway, but uh, yeah, Oliver and Company is cool, man. It's got that, that main jam from Oliver and Company. You remember that one? No, I don't. I don't recall this movie very. Well. Okay, yeah, it's a cool. It's a cool movie. It's a cool okay. movie. I enjoy it. Every, no, everybody wants to be a cat. Is the Aristocats? That's the Aristocats. Yeah, the the Oliver and Company is the. Um, why should I worry? Why should I care? Oh, I, I'm okay. sure my my wife might be listening to me. She she if she could hear you, she would come up and sing it for you because she could sing every Disney song. Um, okay, she knows it. Yeah, she, yeah. she would. She uh, if she comes back up here later, I'll, I might grab her and say, "Hey, sing." What's the, the Oliver and Company song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, number nine, "Dirty Rotten Scoundrels." That's a Steve ah, movie, Steve right? Martin and Michael Caine. Michael, yeah, Caine. that movie's all right. Yeah, that's kind of a funny one. Um, I like I like Steve Martin so. Is, who is is that? Um, is that the dude for Monty Python that directed that? I want to say it is. Oh Lord, um, I'd have to check it out. I can't uh, remember. I, let's let's move on because I might be wrong on that. Number eight is uh the movie we're talking about, Deep Star Six. Unbelievable to me. <laughs> is this the first time that a movie we've talked about was in the top ten? <laughs> could be. <laughs> I mean, I can't doing, remember, but I'm pretty proud of us. We've been doing some weird stuff recently mm. just some just some kind of out there stuff i'm sure i'm sure I it's not it. getting us the most reach possible but i'm happy with it uh, yeah yeah something tells me deep star six is not uh trending on twitter right now but 
I'm okay with that. The people that like it and the people that find it are the people that the people that know. Uh, number seven, The Naked Gun. Oh my god, The Naked oh, Gun. Oh god, what a, what a film. I This is one of my favorite movies. Anytime it's on, anytime it's ever been on, I will watch it. <laughs> it is... I love The Naked Gun. And I honestly, I think I like... I don't remember which sequel I like. I think I like the third one actually, but uh, the, the first one is a stone cold classic. So yeah, no, it's, it's one of the great comedies like ever period. Yeah. There's a joke in there where he, he's talking about his wife gets, uh, 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 gets killed by a blimp and she asks Goodyear, and he goes, no, the worst. <laughs> I totally butchered. The it's joke. so funny though. <laughs> It's so funny. I bring it up anytime I talk about Naked Gun because it's the God, that joke. movie's funny. Holy smokes. <laughs> um, number six, Mississippi Burning, a little bit different. Than... Wow. How does this break the – this has been a lean year, man. But We're it wasn't funny. though because Batman has to be the number one for the year. But Oh, no. But... This is – oh, I'm sorry. I just didn't clarify. This is for the weekend of oh that's why my that, goodness that's tim. why january that's why deep star six blew your mind i'm sorry oh tim i thought this was for the year i said how <laughs> you how did deep star six break the top 10 of the year and then you said mississippi burning and i went really <laughs> uh mississippi burning is a very good movie um yeah. <laughs> uh, uh you got willem dafoe yeah and um uh, Stephen Tobolowski in, in Mississippi Burning. Is he now? Uh, Gene Hackman. Yeah, yeah, great, great cast. Yeah. Okay, sorry, sorry, I can't get over it. The fact. I'll be okay. I'm. <laughs> I was. I yeah. I, I I thought I was being transported to an alternate uh, eighty nine where Deep Star Six was killing it at the at the box office. <laughs> the, the better timeline. <laughs> yeah. The yes, yes, the preferable. All right. Uh, number five. Number. Five this weekend was Working Girl. Working Girl is the Sigourney Weaver movie, correct? With uh, Harrison Ford in that? It's Sigourney Weaver and Harrison Ford and uh, uh, Melanie Griffith is the lead. Yeah, oh, Mike Nichols' director. Okay, this is a, yeah. this is a fun this movie. Is, this is a fun movie, yeah. yeah. I like this movie quite a bit. Um, number four, The Accidental Tourist. The Accidental Tourist. Um, I know that one too. I, I'm trying to remember it. Um, gosh, that's gonna drive me nuts. So, I'm looking at it right now. This is this uh, William Hurt. Yeah, yeah William, William Hurt and Kathleen Turner. Okay, Gina Davis is in it. Yeah, I've seen this. Um, I don't remember much about it at all. Oh, so is, yeah, so this is from Lawrence Kasdan, who of course is best known for Dreamcatcher. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Poor Larry. <laughs> He's getting skewered on horror movie yearbook right now, and he doesn't even know it. <laughs> he skewered himself on like Twitter, I think, this past week. He made a Dreamcatcher joke. <laughs> what is he doing? I can't remember. It was a good joke though, too, because it was um, um, oh god, what's Jason Reitman? Is it Jason Reitman's Ivan Reitman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He talked about how he came back to the or he decided to do the Ghostbusters movie because he had a story to tell. I think that story was making a lot of money, but either way, and like Larry Kasdan's like, yeah, that's why I made Dreamcatcher. <laughs> <laughs> Christ. Uh, number three, Bette Midler's Beaches. I, I've seen Beaches. It's um, a bit of a crier, isn't it? Yeah, one of the all-time yeah. great crier movies. One of the one of the one of those classic uh, mid oh, chair. Sure. mid 80s to mid 90s crier films. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't remember much of it, but I, I think it's a crier. Yeah. Oh wait, no, it's Barbara Hershey. I don't think that's Cher. Is Cher in this movie? Come on, what's what's this movie? <laughs> I think it's Splash right now. You can watch it. Uh, 
You can watch it on Disney Plus if you want, but it's on Disney Plus. It's on Disney Plus. It's a Walt Disney what? picture. What um, in the world? Privilege, privilege, rich debutante and a cynical, struggling entertainer share a turbulent but strong childhood friendship over the years. Um, you know what? That wasn't share that I saw. I think it was Barbara Hershey that I got confused. Okay, with so. well, Barbara Hershey's cool. My Mayim Bialik Blossom herself is in this one. Indeed, yes. <laughs> Star of the Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory, uh, a Jeopardy host, if I recall correctly. Now mm-hmm. uh, she's all over the place. Uh, number two, twins. With Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, David <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Um, not a big twins guy, huh? No, no, it's not great. It's better than it's better than Junior. Junior is the one where he's pregnant, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there you go. And the number one movie in America, the weekend that Deep Star Six came out, was Rain Man. So oh, okay, was... yeah, yeah, yeah. What Rain Man is. Kind of a great movie. Yeah, though. Rain Man's really good. Yeah, it's one of those ones. I feel like um, I could be totally wrong, but I feel like it gets kind of poo-pooed. Like, haha, Rain Man. Yeah, oh yeah, real classic. Blah. blah. It's like really good though. Like mm-hmm. Hoffman's like incredible. Um, it is you know, one of those, it's, it's one of those early Cruise performances too, where like Cruise is like a good actor. Right. Uh, yeah. People, yeah, people sleep on Cruz, but it's Cruz's fault, I think. Um, I think back, I think he was really interested in younger Kirk because this is around the time Born on the Fourth of July came out too. I think. Yep, and he's quite good in that. It, that I don't love that movie all the time, uh, but he's <laughs> very good in it. Um, well, Oliver, bless him, can be a little bit heavy-handed. Sometimes. You think? Um, but uh, Cruz, you know, when he turns it on. And he's always good, but like when he when he's able to, to really sink his teeth into something that's meatier than running, and jumping and yelling, he became um, yeah. he became very movie star as he went. As he sure, went, of course, him. and I mean he's the movie star, isn't he? I mean that's kind of when you think of movie stars, you think of Tom Cruise. I think most yeah. people do, but God, I mean, like yeah, he's great in that early stuff. Um, uh, and then you see it occasionally later on in his career too, like like Vanilla Sky. I'm not a huge Vanilla Sky fan, but like he's really good in that movie. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, Magnolia, jeez, oh, I mean he's like phenomenal in, in Magnolia. Um, anyway, yeah, yeah, you still you still see all the time, and I I still enjoy his films a lot. Oh, I do too. Yeah, 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 I like the Mission Impossible movies, all that, but you, you still see him shine through quite a bit. All right, let's move on to music now. The top ten songs this weekend. And, and we're the, so this is what we're listening to on the way on our Friday night, uh, Friday night day two, Deep Star Six. Oh God, I can't, I can't wait. Uh, the way you love me by Karen White. Not familiar, honestly. So we can move on to number nine. Yeah, I don't know that song. Put a little love in your heart by Annie Lennox and Al Green. So this is the oh, song yeah. from the Scrooge soundtrack, and I know this because I watch Scrooge with Bill Murray every year. So Scrooge rules. Um, Bill Murray rules. Annie likes rules. Um, Al Green rules. Yeah. Al Green rules. <laughs> I'm a fan. Yeah. No, this is the, the, it's it's not it's actually a pretty good uh pretty good cover. Uh, I have the uh yeah, I have the Scrooge vinyl. This is a cover, right? Who did the original? Do you know? I can't remember. In the world. I I'll look it up. But but uh this is a good Yeah, look it up right now because you're not going to know the next song. <laughs> So. Okay, cool. Perfect. <laughs> so it's it's good timing or maybe you will. It's I remember holding you by Boys Club. Yeah, I do not know. Let's that. see who Boys Club is real quick. Um, the original recording was uh, performed in 1969 by Jackie DeShannon. Um, 
and it was the ver- original version was used in Drugstore Cowboy, hmm. the Gus Van Sant film. So there you go. Now the Boys Club is a a pop duo, um, okay, of, of a couple of boys and okay. Joe Gene Hunt and old Joe Pasquale, old, old Joe Pasquale, and they're from Minnesota. Minnesota, they're from Minneapolis. They were regarded as, I'm sorry, this is, I, for the love of God, this is the funniest possible way to describe someone. The funniest sentence I've ever read. Minnesota's version of Wham. I was just going to say, this sounds like Wham. I I cannot imagine a Minnesota. Minnesota Wham. Yeah, uh, they were the first recording artist artist to uh, appear on the all new Mickey Mouse Club. So there you go. Excellent. A little boys club. Uh, on the Mickey uh, Mouse Club. <laughs> uh, number seven, Smooth Criminal by Michael Jackson. One of my uh, favorite classic. MJ songs. Yeah. Classic. What's your favorite MJ song? Period. Uh, like all time. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Too much. Okay. No. Um. So I'm actually a big fan of the album Dangerous. Okay. And tell I, me which one that was. That was that was the one with black or white was the big hit on that. Remember? Oh shit. Okay. Okay. He, he has a, and I'm going like a, I mean, I know I'm going like a lame kind of like deeper cut here, but I really like, um, um, who is it from that album? Um, but, but uh, now of this one, this is up there. Smooth criminal is up there though. It's like my favorite of like the big MJ hits. It, it's a great song. I also, you oh. know what one I really like, and this is my other one is dirty Diana. Oh, that's a good song, man. Yeah, yeah I kind of love Dirty. It's Slash does the guitar on Dirty Diana, if I remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, What's yours? What's yours? Yeah, so, uh, man, I'm trying to think. Uh, Want to be starting something is, like, probably my favorite. Because mm-hmm. it's so good. Like, the, the beat is it's insane. Um but God, what's his early? I mean, early, early, early. Rock with you. I really like Rock with you too from '79. Um, that's a really good song too. It's one of those two. I don't know which you, one. It, you are more awesome. of like it. You're more of the pre, like the kind of um, early MJ stuff. You're yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Give early. me the early stuff. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, the later stuff doesn't do as much for me. I like early. I like like thriller and previous to thriller does that make sense like that's it okay for me that's about where i'm at um i I drop out with yeah i drop out with dangerous which is 92 and that's kind of maybe his last big album and it's also it's also a nice jumping off point because that's right when when things uh, get weird yeah stuff right when the stuff really kicks in and you're like anything after that oh i don't like that stuff yeah i go as far as like 82 with with michael jackson i'm kind of done um (laughs) But, uh, yeah. Anyway, that was do fun. Like, do you like the uh, Alien Ant Farm version of Smooth Crime? I do. I do. No, no, I did. I don't know if I do. I haven't listened to it in years. But at the time, I was like, yeah, it's kind of sweet. Um, I remember my dad got pulled over by, by a cop one time. And I believe the cop was blasting Alien Ant Farm Smooth Criminal at, like, the, like as loud as possible in his car. And my dad's like, this is kind of weird. Like, that's kind of unprofessional. Very much so. Very much so. Like blasting it, I guess. Anyway, kind of strange. Um, in number six, then in your room by the Bangles, which I'm sure I probably know if I heard it. Yeah, same uh, here. But uh, yeah. that's uh, the Bangles. Susanna Hoffs, right? <sighs> <laughs> Sorry, you said the name. I set it up. I knew where it was going. You can I, only react in a certain way. Tim. You just hey, you said what I was thinking. Um, number five, Armageddon it by Def Leppard. 
Def Leppard. Oh, fuck Def yeah, Leppard. let's go. <laughs> God damn. Uh, Def Leppard rules. I don't care what anybody says. Def Leppard's sweet. Um, I saw I wanna... them in concert, Ooh. and they were the coolest. Um, they killed it. Yeah, I like Def Leppard. Armageddon, it's not great, though. This, yeah, this is this is after the um, drummer lost the arm, too. Correct. Yes, yes, yes. I always thought that was, like, really, really great. Like, so, mm-hmm. you know, they 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 refused to move on without their their drummer, right? And uh, I think that's really cool. That's very, you know, uh, regardless of how you feel about Def Leppard or their music, I think that that's pretty, uh, you know, I don't know, commendable. That's a real, that's a real boys club. That, those, that's how you stick together with your boys. And the, the other thing too, is I want to give people a uh, heads up. So uh, we're both, uh, we're both AEW fans, but my lead in to Indeed. AEW on Friday nights is a, there's a channel on, well, it's on cable or YouTube TV, on streaming if you have it, but I'm just, any of our listeners, there's a channel called MTV Classic and they show nothing mm-hmm. but old music videos. Excellent. And they have a, on Friday nights from like eight to like two in the morning, they have a, a whole block of metal. It's called Metal Mayhem and it's just 80s and 90s metal videos. And I didn't realize that the drummer had like, he, they shot one video and it was one of their early videos and one of their bigger songs. He had both arms in it and yeah. I was blown away. I, I always thought like that came, but it actually came early in there. Like you said, it came early in their kind of career as a band and it yeah. kept going with him. I thought it was from the start until I saw him in the video. And I'm like, Holy crap. He has two arms. It was crazy. Yeah. Kind of amazing. Do you have a favorite uh, Def Leppard song? Hmm. Now you are definitely putting me on the spot. I'm Sorry, buddy. Huge Def Leppard. Let me just, I'll do the old, uh, I'll cheat uh, here. So I, I, I'm a big, bring it on the heartbreak yeah. is probably one of my favorites. Um, that's really great. And then I, I also, uh, um, really like fooling. You know that one? God, yeah. Sorry. I'm looking at God's of War is really sweet, but I'm going to go, um, um, I kind of like, I'm singing way too much tonight. I kind of like love bites. Love bites. Yeah. I believe that, yeah, was, buddy. that was that was on the um, Monster Ballads album. I want to say hell yeah. The infomercials. <laughs> that's that's a that's a jam. That is a jam. All right. I um, don't like pour some sugar on me though. I'll just be honest. I'm not a fan. It pour some sugar on me is just. I, I, it's one of those songs like I don't know I don't know how to judge it because if I would have come out like if I would have been around when it was like huge and stuff maybe yeah. I would have liked it more but as they've gotten old like it's been played so much it's too much for me alright number four the number four song in America right now is Taylor Dane's Don't Rush Me now Taylor Dane um, <sighs> saying a great song and I'm not familiar with this song but she's saying tell it to my heart tell, tell me, me I'm the only one <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good song. That is a good song. Um, so yeah, that's. Uh, we'll know this one. No, number three. Every rose, it's hun- every rose has its thorn by Poison. Uh, yeah, this song sucks. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not a Poison fan. Not a Poison Actually, fan at all. But you are a fan no. of Rock of Love. Uh, I watched it. Yeah. Oh, I, I wa- Sure. Yes. Um, yes, I, I watched a lot of Rock of Love back when it was first on VH1, like back when it, like the original airs, like airing of it. Um, and I, yeah, I was a fan. I watched all three or four seasons of Brett Michaels uh, <laughs> trying to find true love. Um, do you have Do you have a Poison song that you like? Do I have a Poison song? Like, so here's what's interesting, Tim, is that like my my parents listened to 
all of this stuff. Like this was Def Leppard and Poison and all the hair bands and stuff like that that, that came around the, the time of Poison. Um, and some of them I can listen to still and some of them I'm just – I can't do it. Um, I'm looking right now. I, I'm Okay. I, all right. Everyone has, has its thorn sucks. <laughs> Something to, something to believe in is not good. Unskinny Bop is unbearably bad. <laughs> Unskinny Bop is so there are very few songs that I'm like so bad it's good. Unskinny Bop is so bad it's good. It's so bad. Talk dirty to me is not good. Uh, Fallen Angel kind of rules. I kind of like Fallen Angel. Okay, <laughs> I don't. Remember, eh. <laughs> Fallen Angel. Yeah, that's my favorite. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> good. Because it's your favorite, it's my favorite, Tim. Uh, the number two song in America, Two Hearts by Phil Collins. Oh, Two Hearts, Two Hearts, Two Hearts. Two oh, hearts. man. Am I going to have to play this bad boy? I think I am because I'm, I need to. Uh, two Hearts. Why do I not remember this? Because this is like a. This, obviously this is Prime like, Phil, right? I mean, this yeah, is. This and is, it's a, you're going to hear this and you're going to. I'm going to blast this. I have my. Uh, Excellent. Oh, Please I, do. Let me see. I'm hoping this plays on this bad boy. All right, I love him. Phil Collins. This is when Phil is doing like this is I think post Genesis. Yes, oh, this is a, for sure. We're gonna mute this Dove ad real quick. Yeah, this is definitely hey, post. Dove is not. Yeah, Dove is not uh, paying to be on our podcast, so we're not gonna give them any shout out. Any no way. Uh, so, all right, so here we go. Two Hearts by Phil Collins is gonna start playing. Oh my god, that, this is one of those '80s music videos that has like a five-minute intro. Oh no. Can you hear it? Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I know this song. It's a good song. <laughs> it's not one of Phil's best, but it's a good song. Two, yeah, yes. Yeah. All right. So, and the number one song in America, and I'm gonna put this out there. This is one of my first like. I, uh, this is one of the first musical artists, him and Michael Jackson, actually, and both have had their issues throughout life. Um, but I was, I remember being like a big fan of, and that is Bobby Brown. And it's mm-hmm. my prerogative. I was oh, a yeah, huge Bobby Brown fan. And I think it was probably what got me started was um, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters too, the theme song to Ghostbusters yeah. too. And then I bought the album with my prerogative on it. And I yeah. loved that song. Yeah. It's a great song. Um, a talented guy. You know, I mean, but like a lot of folk, a lot of, a lot of people that are, are talented in the music industry, very troubled, certainly. Yes. Um, but, you know, you got to separate sometimes the, I guess, the art from the artist. But um, my prerogative is great. And the the song, what's the song from Ghostbusters 2? Uh, On our well, own. I guess, but, is, that, is that his? Yes, that was his. He had this album had um, every little step I take. That's a good song too, man. Yeah, and it had a song called yeah. That was, the album was called Don't Be Cruel. It had some. Yeah. This was like good. And uh, oh my gosh, it had a song called Roni on it that was about oh. a fly a fly tender Roni. That uh, oh man, that I believe that uh, old old Bobby wanted to knock some boots with. <laughs> oh man. So there you go. There you go. All right. <laughs> Um, we're not here to talk about fly tenderonis or, or yeah or bobby knocking boots unless you think that uh what's uh crusty is a fly tenderoni oh maybe you do <laughs> i mean i'm not gonna I, i'm not gonna shame you 
for feeling a certain way about Krusty. Uh, risk it all for Krusty. Uh, Deep Star Six is what we're talking about. Indeed. Direct, directed by Sean S. Cuttingham. A team of Navy personnel stationed at a temporary base at the bottom of the ocean and tasked with setting up nuclear missiles discovers a huge underwater cavern which houses a giant prehistoric creature who we have named Krabby. This is... Krusty. Krusty, not Krabby. <laughs> was Krabby from SpongeBob? That's Mr. Krabs, right? Mr. Krab. Krusty's from... Uh, Simpsons. Simpsons, right. Yeah. right, right. He's not a crab, he's a cloud. I think this is what's throwing me off right now. Let's um, just call him Krabby then, Tim. Written by Louis Abernathy and Jeff Miller, spelled G-E-O-F, so not even the way normally it's spelled with a G. <laughs> like Normally there's like two Fs, I thought. Two Fs, right? Yeah. yeah. Two Fs, uh, starring Greg <laughs> Evigan, Nancy Everhard, Torian Black, uh, Miguel Ferrer, Nia Peoples, and Elia Baskin. And we'll talk a little bit more about them. Will, you watched this a couple of weeks ago. This is an Amazon Prime discovery. Yeah, one of my, one of my uh, Amazon Prime roulette movies. <laughs> yeah. and, and I just said, I've never seen this. I've never seen another this is the only Sean S. Cunningham movie I've seen that's not Friday the 13th now. <laughs> kind of amazing, isn't it? I had never seen this. So, sure. Willie, what are your thoughts? Let's refresh the people on what your thoughts on Deep Star Six, just your general feelings on the movie. Sure. Um, Deep Star Six is... I, I, I there's, there's, two, there's two kinds of horror movies I like. Uh, there's a lot of kinds of horror movies I like, but there's two kinds that Deep Star Six represents that I enjoy quite a bit. One, and I've talked about this before on the show, is the um, the underwater uh, creature feature. I, uh, aquatic monsters have always freaked me out ever since I was a kid. And uh, anytime you try and throw something... Uh, that's lurking in the abyss uh, at me. I, I'm, I'm interested and, and a little bit creeped out. The other one that I always find uh, enjoyable is the the crew of professionals, uh, the ragtag crew of professionals that is forced to survive against insurmountable odds. And that happens a lot in horror movies. I always think of... Um, I, I think a lot of Alien certainly is the first one that comes to mind for me. Um, uh, but there's, there's countless movies like that, like countless and, uh, deep star six certainly fits both of those, um, fits in, in both those categories. Um, I think it's a fun movie. I think that it maybe plays, uh, it keeps the monster too close to the vest for too long. Um, and I think you and I both talked about that. Um, takes its time uh, getting to the, the goods and sometimes that can be a little bit of a detriment. I, I think that there's a very talented cast here and I don't necessarily think that they have enough time to shine as an ensemble during that first god almost hour or so before the monster really starts rearing its head. Um I think in the best versions of these movies, it's okay to hold back the monster for a long period of time or, to, or, or when the monster is a presence to keep it kind of uh, take a Jaws or an alien approach where it's kind of kept in shadow or in uh, kind of mysterious and, and, and invisible uh, for the viewer. But 
what you have to do then in place of having your monster at the forefront is take your ensemble cast and make us interested in them, whether they be fun to watch or they have a lot of, um, just the, the, the dynamic should be interesting. And there's not a ton of that in this minus maybe the Miguel Ferrer, uh, character and how he plays off of some people. Um, but there is a talented cast. I mean, Nia Peoples is very talented. Uh, Miguel Ferrer is excellent. Matt McCoy, um, I've seen Matt McCoy in a bunch of stuff. I mean, he just, he pops up in everything. I feel like he's one of those guys where you just, you instantly, you see his face and you go, oh yeah, I know him. Um, probably the most important of the ensemble in this, Tim, and, and, and I think that I'm sure you noticed, uh, is Elia Baskin. Um, of course I know. Yes, I know that. Uh, and I'll let you talk to that, speak to that when you when you talk here. But um, no, I, I think it's a fun movie. I do think that it, I don't think it's one of the best of its kind. And when I when I think of its kind, I compare it to movies like um, in the aquatic horror element, like Leviathan, Deep Rising, uh, Virus is one that I, I think about. Um, <laughs> God help me, Sphere. <laughs> Um, sorry, the virus is one that I think about is really funny. Like, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think <laughs> like about that just, movie from, from time to time. Just, um, you just think about it for a while. I just do sometimes, yeah. Um, it, it's not the top of the heap with those movies, nor is it the top of the heap with those movies uh, that I mentioned earlier. With, you know, we get, you get this, this ensemble cast team of scientists, whether it's in outer space or under sea or whatever the case may be. It, it's kind of... Uh, just a very fun example of those kinds of movies that I enjoy. And for that reason, I, I, I did enjoy watching it this time. Uh, I think the creature's cool. Yeah. I think it's just kind of slow. Um, and I wish there was a bit more uh, carnage, I guess, uh, before the last half hour, if I'm being honest. So, yeah, Tim, what do you think, man? Do you want to get right into Alia Baskin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, I've got some. I've got some stuff. Once we get into, uh, once we get into the plot here, because we're gonna dive. We're gonna to dive into the plot. Oh boy! <laughs> uh, quick thoughts on this. Slow is a good uh, word to describe this. I yeah, I did text you. I'm like, hey, like um, you can hide the monster for too long. I know there is a philosophy. Like keep yeah. the monster at bay until until you're ready to show it off. You could hide it. You could also go the other way on that. And this one does. Um, I don't. I can see this like some like video store guy or like someone who who's big into horror movies and stuff around this time talking to someone at a video store and the person's like, yeah, I really liked the the abyss. And then the dude at the video store is like, or the lady at the video store is like, the abyss, let me show you something. And then he takes, takes the person back to deep star six. Hell yeah. I would, <laughs> I would personally, I would go with Leviathan if they were all out at the same time. Yeah. But oh yeah. Yeah. I can see this being like the discerning Fangoria fans pick for, <laughs> for. Absolutely. <laughs> no, but I, I'm, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. It, it, this is the, yeah, the abyss is boring as hell. Bring me. Give me Leviathan, or I guess if Leviathan's check rented out, then give me Deep Star Six. That's Deep Star Six, yeah. And then if you really gotta get frisky, uh, do uh, Lords of the Deep, the Corman movie. <laughs> How about the uh, Rift? Yeah, the Rift. <laughs> so that's if you really want to get saucy. Like if you if you if you've tested Leviathan and Deep Star Six, and you want to go you want to go all in. Um, <laughs> the Jesus. movie. Uh, 
you know what? We'll talk a little bit as we go through the plot. So we'll, we'll dive into the plot. But overall, <laughs> I'm not going to go out of my way to recommend this one. But if you are in the mood for aquatic horror, I think you could do worse. But Absolutely. And it's on Amazon Prime. So it's, just... on, it's on Prime, which is the video store of, of the internet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. If, if, you, if you're going to try and tell us you don't have Amazon Prime, I'm going to call you a liar because you probably do. <laughs> Someone you know has Amazon Prime, at least. Indeed. And I think you could just share it. Like they have family plans now. So hit up your family for an Amazon Prime account if you don't. Be like, hey, I want to watch Deep Star 6. <laughs> It'll open up a whole new world of... <laughs> of b-level horror movies yeah it really will without ads unlike Tubi. so there you go okay so let's dive into this plot okay so we are on the deep star six and that's an experimental deep sea u.s naval facility it's got 11 people on it it's a mix of military members and civilians and they are they're on their last week down there so this <laughs> is a this is like an extra bummer uh for those who it's like i don't know it's like when you're in the office on a holiday and like, yes. the boss is like, Hey, can you stick around uh, for stick around for the second half of the day? And you're like, Oh my God. And then the boss is like a giant crap person. Right. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's going to eat you. Um, yeah, no, these people are like kind of over it at this point. Yeah. Like they've reached the point during the, like, I think we all reach this point when we're away from home, right? Even on a vacation that we're enjoying, right? You always hit a point And even in your vacation where you're like, I kind of just want to go home. Yeah. Like it could be the best vacation ever. And you, you do reach that point in the last day or so where you're like, I'm kind of ready to sleep in my bed and, uh, you know, like eat food that I like and, uh, that I know I like. And even if it's trashy food and just kind of like do nothing, like lay around and read comics or watch, like it doesn't matter what you're doing. You always hit that point where you reach that like first stage of homesickness. Now these people have probably reached like the seventh stage of homesickness at this point. Yes. Yeah. The end is in sight for these people. Yes. So so this whole project is led by John Van Gelder played by Marius Wires. He's a South African actor. He was in blood diamond and Gandhi. Ah. Uh, You big, you big Gandhi fan, big fan of the person. (laughs) Sounds like he was a dick. I don't know. Um, I've heard some things. I don't know. I'm sure he was cool. Uh, the performance is great. The great Ben Kingsley, of course. Yes. yes. Um, anyway, so this project's goal, not Gandhi's goal, is to test underwater colonization methods while overseeing the installation of a new nuclear missile storage platform. Uh, um, they're up against Deadline and the geologist on board, Bursiaga, played by Elia Baskin, of course, known for his role as the incomparable Ugh. Mr. Dickovich in Ugh. Spider-Man's two and three. Um, he's been in some other movies too. A ton, those dude. Are, those are the only two movies that matter to me. But he's no, one of your, one of your favorite characters, right? All Rent, time. Rent. He's a good boy. He's a good boy. Yeah, you're a big fan of of, of his work. Yes, I, I am a big fan of his work. I think he represents what I love so much about the Raimi and Toby uh, Maguire movies which is that Spider-Man Peter Parker never has any damn money. He's just broke as hell. All the time. <laughs> Mr. Vickovich yeah. is not like a mustache twirling villain. He's just like a dude that runs a shitty apartment and he needs, he needs money to do this. He's not like a bad landlord from what I can tell. Well, he doesn't fix the door though. Yeah, that's true. I, yeah. That's I don't true. Know. Um, quick side note. If, if Mr. Dickovich pops up, in any future Marvel property. Yeah. Would you be, you'd be very excited. Yes. Of course. Um, yeah. if he pops yeah. up, can you imagine if he pops up in Morbius? Oh, 
stop it. Stop it. If he asks Morbius for rent. And then Morbius goes, I am Venom. <laughs> just joking. Yeah. Just joking. That'd be good. He's anyway. Good Morbius, he's a good boy. He's a good boy. He's good. He's good vampire. <laughs> <laughs> In my home country, we fight vampire. <laughs> anyway. Okay, uh, that's enough. So Mr. Dickovich decides to, he just tries to blow a depth charge <laughs> in the cavern system to collapse it. Always a good idea. Um, yeah. There's, so then there's also some bleeding heart on board. Dr. Scarpelli, that's Nia Peoples. Uh, she wants to study the caverns and the ecosystem inside. All right. So I think this is maybe where we should stop and talk about the stretch of we saw a lot of underwater horror movies come out around this time. We talked, uh, we mentioned them a little, but we had the abyss Leviathan, sure. the, evil, the evil below Lords of the deep, a lot, the, the rift 89 and 90 was like a huge, do you have any idea why this is? Any theories? <sighs> well, here's what happens. I think a lot of times and, and why you get these weird situations where like I, the, you know what, the first example I always think of is like, the back-to-back productions of Dante's Peak and Volcano. Right. Okay. And, like, th- those things were, like, released, like, less than a year apart, I think. And it's so silly. Like, the reason why this happens is because a studio greenlights a script to be, you know, they, they cast it and they're, they're starting production on it. And another studio is, like, we've been sitting on this similar script for a while. We've got to beat them to the punch. And then they're like, we're going to do our aquatic creature feature. I swear to God, Tim, that's that's the real reason why. Like, they like, I wish I could come up with a better example. Like, that society was really afraid of, uh, you know, deep sea crustaceans at this point <laughs> in 89. Wait, what <laughs> I, I, I don't, I mean, I think we should be still. But uh, I don't think that's the case. I think it was, hey, yo, uh, this studio is making this movie Leviathan with monsters and Peter Weller. Like, don't we have that crappy? So, okay. Do you know so, what I'm saying? Like, like I feel like that's probably the real reason behind it. So, no, here's the okay. Well, you're you're on the right track here. Sure. But here's the here's one of the reasons this was. Let big. me hear it. Let me hear it. Louis Abernathy, the writer, was friends with James Cameron. Oh boy. At the time. Um, so he sold a script at the same time that James Cameron was working on his own underwater monster saga, which was. Um, the Abyss. So despite Cameron's asking that Abernathy delay this movie to avoid competing with the Abyss, Abernathy went ahead and thereby was deemed persona non grata with Cameron and associates until 1995 um, when they filmed the wreck of the Titanic together. Like they don't have ah. the wreck except for the Titanic together. So this was actually a script written by Louis Abernathy around that time. Now you are definitely on the right track though with them trying to get this out because um, Sean S. Cunningham basically admitted in he knew these movies were coming up and he admitted he was a producer on this film at first. And then the director dropped out and he took over and it was an interview in Fangoria where he's like, I want this out by January. Cause I want to beat the rest of these movies out to the theater. Well, and that's, <laughs> that's, that's Sean Cunningham. Yes. I mean, that that's, you know, the guy will sit here and I mean, Sean Cunningham's main claim to fame is being the director of Friday the 13th. And so, therefore, kind of gets credited as being the creator of Friday the 13th in a lot of ways, even if that's not the case. And he will he will straight up in interviews tell you, like, yeah, I was trying to rip off Halloween. Like, 
that's that's the that's what I was. He's not a, he's not shy. I mean, Sean Cunningham comes from a world of softcore pornography. Yes, um, that's where he started his his career, and uh, and I'm not shaming him for that. I, that's not me knocking it. It's just me seeing like this is a guy who has no qualms with getting his hands a little bit dirty to 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 make some money in the film industry. <laughs> he seems very much driven by um, his. Sean S. Cunningham would be perfect. I kind of laugh recently. There's been some, a lot of people are just throwing up their arms at all the content out there on these streaming services. And there's a lot of it. Don't get me wrong. And it's overwhelming. But it's yeah. like, well, people are acting like this is the first time movies have just been made to make money. Oh, come on. <laughs> like, yeah, like it's yeah, not yeah, just yeah. all about the art. Sean S. Cunningham is a perfect example of like a filmmaker or a producer who's just in it to make money. Absolutely. <laughs> they, yeah, yeah. The art can take a a very very far back seat uh, compared to the, the the almighty dollar with with Sean, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, so the only other things I had here, I the the only other things I could think of is deep like deep sea diving in 1985. I think it was that's when the discovery of the Titanic occurred. Sure. So I like I was thinking maybe that we're also kind of post um, moon landing, and we've talked about how underwater is like a, a different um, frontier underneath it. Yeah. It's like yeah. alien life forms down there. So maybe that has a little to do with it. The funny thing about this is uh, the TV spot tagline is obviously riffing on aliens. This is not all aliens come from space. Sure. And, then, and the funny thing about this making money is it did not make money. Um, the only <laughs> mo- only one of these movies that made money was the abyss. Uh, Leviathan only made 15 million, yeah. which wasn't, I think it may have been a little bit over. This one made its budget back, but probably not with advertising. This one made. None million. of them were six financial successes beyond the abyss. Um, the abyss. Yeah. Which had Cameron's name on it and Cameron was hot coming off of um, Terminator and aliens. Yep. Okay, exactly. So. All right. Back to the plot. The detonation collapses the seabed and forms a fissure in the ocean floor. Two pilots, Osborne and Hodges, Ron Carroll, who was in Friday the 13th as Sergeant Tierney. Indeed. Uh, so he's back working with Sean S. Cunningham. He worked with him on another movie, I think, like Spring Break or something is what it's called. I okay. I haven't seen it. And then Tom Bray, who was in Prince of Darkness. And I don't recall exactly what he is in there, but I know he's in it. Um, they send a probe down to explore, but they lose contact with it. They go down after it and are killed by something we can't see, but we're pretty sure it's like the monster that we're told. This is, it's crusty. Yeah, crusty's down there. Yep. Uh, the monster uh, then attacks the observation pod with Joyce Collins and Bersiaga inside. Joyce Collins is played by Nancy Everhard, who is from the Dolph Lundgren Punisher. Yes, she is. Uh, <laughs> one of my all-time favorites. Yes. The, the movie or uh, Joyce Collins? The movie. Or Nancy Everhart. I mean, the, yeah. the, the, the film. I'm yeah. sure she's great, too. <laughs> um, Captain Laidlaw, Laidlaw and a sub-pilot McBride, who is Collins' lover. Um, he's also uh, that she's pregnant with, with child. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Um, and he, Greg Evigan, plays McBride. And he is known for um, My Two Dads with Paul Reiser, I think. Yeah, but also a more important TV show, William Shatner's Tech War. Oh, Tech War! Let's go. <laughs> anything, um, anything the Shat gets involved in, I'm I'm all over it. Anything, anything post Star Trek that Shatner puts his name on, a side of quality. <laughs> um, sorry, I just got an email in the background. I hope everybody heard that. Uh, but then they go to rescue 
they go down to rescue the two and they are able to rescue Joyce, but then the captain dies in the process. Um, we talked a little bit about this. We still haven't seen the monster yet. Some of the special effects um, are interesting. There's a lot of miniatures. There's a behind the scenes video you can find on YouTube. A fun bit of trivia here. Kane Hodder um, was a stunt coordinator for this movie. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yep. That's neat. <laughs> um, yeah. So we covered it. What, just real quick. Where do you stand? Like, where would you have brought the monster in, in this movie? I, I go 30 minutes. I would have shown the monster right away. Yeah. I mean, th- there's, there's that initial attack where it's, it becomes this like, uh, the, the two of them go down there and they're attacked by something and wind up being killed. But you know, you, you have to, I don't know that I would have just shown it there. Cause the thing is they've got a really solid, I think animatronic slash puppeted creature. I yes. think it, it's pretty cool. Um, I think it works and I think it stands up with a lot of movies that were released around the same time that were higher budgeted. They certainly spent a lot of money on it, I think. And, and for good reason. So use it is my thing. Um, a lot of the reason why Spielberg didn't use this shark in Jaws, which wound up being a happy accident, but a lot of the reason why he didn't wind up using it is because it didn't look good. Um, it didn't look believable. And this, to me, I think looks pretty good. So I would have personally brought it in with that first attack. You don't have to show it every five seconds or anything, but I just see no reason to hide it for this long. When we know there's a creature in the movie... We know that the creature is uh, attacking these people and taking them out. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Half hour in, just go for it. Screw it. So the other thing, too, is like the movie becomes more about like the damaged facility and how it's going to break does. down and yes. take them down. And I am kind of like I like there's a bit of expectations and reality at play here, because even what I like to go back sometimes and watch the TV spots and the trailers for this. And like it's sold as a monster movie. And if I, I'm sitting here watching this and I'm just like, yeah, I kind of would like to see the monster. I don't really care about this facility that's about to blow. Like I want to see I want to see Krusty. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's yeah. like I said earlier, too, because I'm I'm actually cool with the idea of the monster being kind of um, kind of an agent of chaos that just happens to be a secondary threat to the fact that their number one – the number one threat to these people is, is the facility collapsing and finding a fee, uh, like a, a reasonable and feasible means of escape. I'm cool with that in a movie that features characters that are a little bit more interesting or fleshed out than these ones are. Um, it's just for a movie that takes as much time as it does getting to the, the monster stuff. And for a movie that spends so much time, as you just pointed out and rightfully so, uh, dealing with the threat of the facility, uh, being destroyed above the, the, the big, above crusty um i wish i liked these people or cared about these people more i think that that that's the biggest fault of this movie i I, like i do enjoy this movie i think it's fun but the biggest fault of this movie is that if they had set up an an interesting and dynamic kind of ensemble cast uh even if they're thinly written but they're fun and they have their own quirks and stuff where you kind of um you connect to them either through uh a conversation they have with somebody else or a, the sense of humor or a bond between two characters, whatever you have to do. Because if you look at a movie like alien or like, uh, uh, what's another good example? 
a more modern example would be Sunshine. That's a movie that I love quite a bit. Yeah. Um, those movies don't exactly blast you right in the face with the monster at all times. Oftentimes, the monsters the monster the monster in either one of those movies is very limited in terms of its screen time or effect on the characters. But I feel like in both of those instances, and I know those are outer space, not you know uh, aquatic, but I think there's enough of a similarity there. Um, you grow attached to those characters because of their interactions with each other, and you feel a sense of that camaraderie, and uh, and and that and 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 you you care about them because of the team dynamic. I don't think you really get much of any of that in this. Um, that's what I think is missing ultimately. And, and I, I think you pointing out that example is, is of them dealing with the, the, all the computers failing and everything else failing. I think that's a perfect example. I think if we cared, I think that that might be enough to buoy us through the monsterless stuff. So, right. all right. I think we're going to get here though. As we go through this plot, we're going to get into one character. I think that, that makes an impression. So, <laughs> yes. Now the rest of the 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 rest of the crew now is like, let's get out of here. But first, they have to secure the missile platform. Um, obviously, uh, the captain is gone though, so that duty falls to Snyder, who is played with great zest by M- Miguel Ferrer. Oh uh, uh, yes, great <laughs> zest indeed. Uh, the computer asks for a reason as to why they need to do this, and Snyder calls it aggression, which the computer interprets as military aggression, and tells them to detonate the missile warheads. Snyder is like, hell yeah, he detonates them, creates an explosion, like a shockwave that damages Deep Star 6 and the nuclear cooling system for the reactor. So we're in full meltdown mode now, and we need to talk about Miguel Ferrer. Miguel Ferrer, um, he, of course, is an American. He's, he's known for he's an American actor. I, I could, I'm reading off of what I copy and pasted. <laughs> <laughs> he is an American actor. That's yeah, true. He is an American actor. Yes. Uh, but no, he's Robocop. Um, mm. um, Twin Peaks. He was in um, uh, Iron Man he's, 3. He's he's in a big Iron Marvel Man 3. Movie. He's in a couple. He's in the Stan miniseries. He's in, yeah. uh, I think, Night Flyer, Robocop. Did I mention? I said Robocop, but um, Hot Shots. Uh, that's a good one. So he's a, very, yeah. very, very, I think un, a perfect example of like, I know this actor. You yes. see his face, you go, I've seen him in a billion things. Um, and he's always good. Yeah. Uh, fun, a fun little fact about him that I found out. He is the oldest um, of five children of Rosemary Clooney. So he is the cousin of George Clooney. Oh, no, I did not know that. Yes, he's also uh, he was a huge fan of Stephen King, and he was in three adaptations: The Night Flyer, The Shining, and The Stand. Do you have a favorite Miguel performance? Putting you well, out. I mean, obviously he's great. He, I, I immediately jumped to RoboCop, which is uh, he's so he's so kind of like he's just got a sleaziness in RoboCop that works so well for him. And he was good at playing those characters. Um, yes. Cause mine is coming up and it's yeah. Similar. He was always good at playing those kind of sleazy type characters, but like he was also pretty good at playing good guys too. Um, you know, decent guys too. So it, God, I'm, I'm trying to think about what my all time Miguel, do you have one that, that kind of sticks out to yeah. you? 
So mine is Twin Peaks, and it's a little bit similar to RoboCop, but he's kind of like the asshole big city FBI agent who he comes into town. He like he just he hates kind of the yokels and the weirdos and the uh-huh. quirky people of Twin Peaks, and he's just kind of fast talking and acerbic, and he's perfect in that role, and he's awesome in Twin Peaks. So, and it is similar to a little bit what he is in RoboCop. It's kind of the um, it's kind of the yeah. The, the sleaze ball. Um, I also remember him being quite funny in Hot Shots, and I think he plays kind of a, like a like a dick in that too, if I remember correctly. So. That sounds about right. Um, he tends to play those characters uh, in almost everything he does. Um, I was gonna say he's God. There was one. Oh, you know what? I remember Miguel Ferrer from like o- over anything, and it's it's probably very silly, but I can't help it is um blank check aha yep he so, wasn't blank check yeah i saw blank check in the theater when i was a kid and um it was kind of like that was like my earliest um exposure to him and he plays like the lead kind of bad guy villain um so yeah miguel Ferrer, that was that was my first my first instance of of the the miguel villainy that would be seen throughout his career. This is probably a good time to talk about his death in this movie because it's. The oh my god! <laughs> he he gets exploded basically. He gets imploded. It's fucked. It's kind of fucked up. I remember like thinking like this is kind of dark. Like this is kind of a fun, goofy like sci-fi monster movie, right? Like overall, like I don't know. You're not. I don't. None of it feels overly. The stakes don't feel that high. Really, like you just kind of. It's fun. Go, it's he, he bursts. It's horrifying. <laughs> There's like blood pooling out of like his head, and it's just it's so and like he's a maniac. Like he keeps screwing up left and right, right? Like this character, this like, he, he's completely like, lost it by the end of the. Movie. Oh yeah, I don't blame him. I would be too. Like I'm, I'm almost at like. I'll say this, I, you know, as an, as a parent who has now lived two plus years of working from home. Three, pl- three, sometimes more days a week with a toddler, and playing that balancing act most of my week, every week for the last two some years. Um, if there was some sort of escape pod available, Tim, to me, <laughs> that uh, <laughs> that I could that I could launch from my house, yeah, that, and I would, and there was probably a good chance I would wind up like Miguel Ferrer. I may take it depending on the day. There is a chance, Tim, that I could take it. Just go go through decompression first so you don't explode. Well, I might just go with the explosion, honestly. Um, (laughs) Depending on the day, it could be be an explosion situation. But I think Miguel Ferrer at this point, like the sad thing about his character is like, like he launched the nuke, which is like number one big goof, right? Like, uh oh. (laughs) Yeah, he did. He really, he goofed up there. Yeah. Yeah, he he made a mistake. Um, And uh, then he winds up accidentally killing. Uh, his, uh, I guess, crewmate with the shock stick thing um, when they're confronting Oh, that's the right. Yeah, the harpoon or whatever. Yes, yeah. yes. He's, he's screwed up a few times, and he's, like, getting crazier every time he screws up. And, like, by the time he hops in this little, like, like escape pod capsule, like, I'm fairly certain he knows that he's probably not going to make it, but he just doesn't, like, he's like, fucking screw it, I don't care. Like, I'm going to give it a shot. Like, well, you know what I mean? Like, eh. Like, we'll see. I might make it. And then he doesn't. But he doesn't seem all that surprised by the fact that he doesn't make it. But it's horrifying when he when he's starting to uh, 
explodes. <laughs> uh, so it's insanity. Yeah. Let's jump back to this fine. We got a couple more bits here. Engineer Jim Richardson. I used to know a uh, Jim Richardson. Oh, okay. uh, he goes outside and um, as the Wikipedia plot description reads, it says Eng- engineer Jim River- Richardson goes outside in a gym suit. To mm. effect repair, so a, a J I M, not a J I M, yeah, a J I M, yeah. A gym so. suit is actually it's an actual real like real life. Um, yeah, it's like a uh, deep water. It's like a, a deep water suit. suit. Yeah. Yep. Yes, I had yeah I had to look it up because I'm like, hey, is this just named after Jim Richardson? <laughs> um, the creature comes after him, and Scar Scarpelli concludes that the the creature is attracted to light, mm. which tends to be how these things go. Sure, um, it needs a weakness. Yes, the team grabs Jim, but the creature bites Jim and the Jim suit in half. Um, it eats Scarpelli. The team bails. Um, they go to get shotguns and harpoons and explosives, because and then they're going to finish off the repairs. Mm-hmm. The creature attacks them some more. Van Gelder, who you mentioned, dies at the hands of Snyder's harpoon on accident. Um, the remaining crew escapes into the med lab, but Snyder... Uh, he's coming undone, much like the corn song. He is a hallucination of Van Gelder's ghost mm-hmm. at one point. He's seen ghosts. This is when he jumps in the escape pod and he blows up. <laughs> he um, does blow up. <laughs> so we do get to see the creature when we get some good um, good looks at the creature. You mentioned you liked him earlier. Yeah. Jim Isaac, where the, he is the one who is credited with some of the effects. He worked on Jason X. I think he did some work with Cronenberg as mm-hmm. well. So he was like the supervisor for the effects. Um, there were also a couple of people on here. Um, I've lost the name, but one of them worked on gremlins as well. Um, one of the effects. Oh, uh, Chris Wallace worked on enemy mind, the fly and gremlins. Mark Schustrom worked on evil dead Two, nightmare on Elm street and phantasm Two. So there's a decent effects pedigree on this movie. And I think the creature looks pretty good. He's kind of like prehistoric and I think he's cool looking. I think it's cool looking too. Yeah. I think it's, um, a lot of the time with the, uh, when you go with the aquatic monster horror monster, it's very obvious to go like a shark type route or an octopus type route. So you wind up getting like some sort of killer fish essentially, or some sort of, um, uh, killer, uh, mollusk. <laughs> um, this time around they go with like a crustacean vibe, which is kind of cool. Um, it's different. And it's unique. Uh, I, you don't see this in the aquatic horror movies very often. So, I was into it, and uh, I thought the design was cool. I thought the animatronics work. I believe that it's a creature that's trying to attack and eat them. Um, yeah, it kind of reminds me a little bit, and I do not mean this in a bad way, of the um, the um, creature from at uh, the end of the It TV miniseries. Ah, okay. Um, it reminds me a little bit of that. Um, the, the, the giant spider thing that they fight at the end of that. Um, yeah, I dig it. I think it's cool. All right, let's finish this bad boy up here. The now McBride, he swims through the flooded base, of the mini sub to use it as their means of escape. Um, while he is gone, um, Oh wait, where am I? Where am I? No, no, I'm not. Okay. So wait, no, never mind. <laughs> I was reading something else. The creature bursts into the med lab, med lab and Diane takes a defibrillator and electrocutes herself and the creature, allowing Collins and McBride to escape before the reactor hits critical. So there we go. So McBride and Collins are in the mini sub. They deploy a raft, but that's when the creature comes back. McBride is still on the sub. Collins is on the raft now. McBride lets a bunch of the fuel go 
fuel go discharges it and then he blows up he blows it up with a flare while the creature is attacking it kills the creature and somehow mcbride escapes um from this even though it's very like it's a big explosion um the two lovers and survivors wait on the raft for the navy to arrive and there we go that's the end of deep star six willie where does this rank in the sean s cunningham <laughs> stop <laughs> filmography for you you know for me it's right behind friday 13th as of sean s cutting at movies i've seen yeah i mean (laughs) i don't he's he is i i joke but he's so interesting to me because because of that reason because like he's such an important name in horror sure. and especially when that main trio of well and even if you want to throw in hellraiser of those like 80s eighty slasher styles mm-hmm. or even texas chainsaw massacre yeah like those guys went on to do other things i mean wes had his career carpenter has hit has career his career hooper had his clive is i mean a master of the craft so of course sean, sean s cunningham just he made friday the 13th and part of the reason maybe he didn't have as big as a career is how he looked at film but he's such an important part of of horror movie history and he he just he just kind of exists sometimes yeah well i think that that, that's i think you're totally right i think it's a matter of the fact that he just i i think that um i i think that guys like Romero and Carpenter and Craven and uh, Cronenberg and uh, Ramey and so on and so forth. Those are guys that uh, continued to make movies because they loved making movies. Um, Whether it was from more of an artistic perspective or more of a uh, just because they they had fun making movies perspective uh, or they had something to say anywhere in between. I think Cunningham... Yeah. Uh, is a businessman more so a lot of times than than a filmmaker, and that's fine. Uh, he's got about a billion more production credits or producer credits than he does uh, director credits, and I think that's because I, quite frankly, I just I think he reached a point after Friday the Thirteenth uh, where, for the most part, he would rather uh, work behind the scenes and make money of off of movies being made. Um, and it's certainly a, a, a there's nothing wrong with that choice. But I think why he sometimes you hear his name in the um, up there with those guys I mentioned before is because he did essentially create. Uh, he was the first one to make a movie about uh, in the Friday the Thirteenth series, which is one of, if not the biggest horror series, uh, most well-known horror series of all time. Um, Cunningham wasn't responsible for, you know, really the Jason character. Um, or the the hockey mask, or any of those things that I think people have come to know that franchise by, but he still was the creative force behind Friday the Thirteenth. So, yeah, he gets he gets put in there with those guys. I don't think that he, um, I don't think that he really belongs in that company when you're talking about from a director standpoint i think that that's hard to argue he does and i don't think he would argue that he does either that's the funny thing about sean cunningham is i don't <laughs> right i don't think he'd sit here and like be upset at me saying that. like he'd be like yeah i want to make money <laughs> so yeah so he has a i mean he has a couple of uh, yeah horror credits in his director thing i mean a stranger is watching he has one called the new kids extreme close-up which has sarah chalk from scrubs in it like it, it's just it, but then he has stuff like manny's orphans which or was it 
Manny's Orphans. Yeah, the yes. Manny's Orphans was yes. a soccer movie. Manny's um, Orphans was one, and then uh, the Here Come the Tigers, I think, is the other one. Yeah, Here Come the Tigers. Is that another soccer movie? Uh, one of them, no, yeah. baseball. It's a baseball yeah, movie. Baseball, yes. Which, is, which looks like just a straight-up ripoff of Bad News Bears. They both um, are, I think. Yeah. <laughs> then he's got, like, Spring Break, which is some like goofy ass like sex comedy yeah. like some teen sex comedy like what a weird career but this does have i, I kind of pacing wise and if this movie itself deep star six it feels a little bit slashery and it kind of mm-hmm. has some similarities with friday the 13th it does even even with how weirdly paced that movie can be as well because friday the 13th is not my favorite of the friday movies mm-hmm. and a lot of it is because it's just it's so different than what i'm used to um when it comes to like pacing and stuff but this has that kind of that kind of 10 little indians like picking it does, off, like, it does. storytelling yep that kind of slasher yeah. so this has a little bit of that but um yeah other than that it's not it's not like my favorite no. <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not like mad i watch it because now i've no, seen another no. Ron cunningham movie so there you go why not man uh, all right we are we done with we done with this movie i think we're done yeah that was fun though um yeah it was yeah we spent some time uh back in 89 under the sea uh yeah oh bringing it all back to bringing it all back to little mermaid my friend yeah that's what i do that's what i do uh, Willie, do you want to do you want to tell the people the plan for next time? We're going to be indeed. Of, so yeah, we mentioned be before, different. Tim, that you'll be on your own aquatic adventure here shortly. Um, yes. You will not be returning and available for podcasting until now. And mind you, look, we're coming up on the hol- the the Thanksgiving holiday, and uh, so you know that can make things a little tricky anyway. But um, we will not be releasing another episode until. I guess the second week into December. So the week of December 5th, Sunday, December 5th uh, is the week that we'll be able to record slash release another episode. So be patient with us. Tim's got a cruise. We've got Thanksgiving. We got a lot going on, but when we return, we will return with a newer movie, um, uh, a new, almost brand new movie. Um, uh, I'm seeing it. Uh, well, you're listening to this on Friday, so five days from the day you're listening to this, I'm seeing the movie. And Tim will be seeing it when he returns from his voyage. Um, health, health. Uh, yeah, I guess I should say that health, like pending. Like, of course, yeah, healthy, yeah, yeah. So long as, as long Tim is not, yeah. is not cut. I have some he, plans for that to like, yeah, make sure that I'm, I'm yes. good. Like, so I'm, long as Tim is not yeah. cut, caught COVID at sea, <laughs> yes. we will be discussing uh, Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. And if Tim, Tim has caught COVID at sea, then I will be discussing Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City <laughs> and Tim will be listening to me. Um, I, will be, yeah, I will be in bed with the record button on. Just as I talk. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll watch Ghost Ship. Yes, exactly. The, yeah, To relive your adventures. <laughs> um, hopefully not. Um, the beginning of Ghost Ship rules. Uh, the rest of it sucks. Anyway, um, so, um, just a quick aside about Ghost Ship because I don't know if other, I have. Um, so I share an account, I share a like a cable like a thing, a streaming account, YouTube TV account, and it's, you can see what other people are watching. And I got really excited because somebody uh, last month was watching Ghost Ship on AMC, and I go, oh, "Finally, someone I'm sharing this has got some taste." Did you so know who it was? Yeah, it's probably Greg. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Uh, Resident Evil, yes. Is what yes, we're Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. We're, I think we're both pretty excited for it. Um, I, You're going to get some text from me, I'm sure. No spoilers. I won't I won't spoil anything, but 
But uh, yeah, I'm very curious to see how this one pans out. So watched a couple clip, clips over the course of this week. They've been releasing a few little, you know, 30-second, 50-second clips. And I got to tell you, man, I might be getting too pumped for it, but I, I, I got to say. You, look, you think it's looking good? You're, it looks you're, pretty cool, like man. Okay. It looks pretty okay. cool. So no, we will see. I'm excited too. I think it looks I think it looks pretty good. And we will have, you and I just recorded a um, Tiny Terror, so that will be out next yes. week. And then I might in that week in between, I might do an honor roll just to kind of get something out there that week. Sure. And then we'll be back. So yep. we'll, we'll, I'll try to, we'll have some stuff coming out, but as far and as if like, you're missing us and you don't listen to multimedia, you've got plenty ooh. of those episodes to go back to, including our newest battle Royale, the book and the movie. So that is a yes. fantastic point. If you are missing us that week, check out the battle Royale episode, because that Indeed. I think a lot of people that listen to that would very much enjoy that. So yep, a lot of people that listen to this. All right, that's it for this week. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Stay safe out there, and we'll see you next time.